get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by our friend Jeremy Rutherford. You can follow him on Twitter at JP Rutherford, and you can follow his work over on The Athletic. Jer, what's going on, man? Not too much, not too much. I just finished up an article that will be up at The Athletic, I believe, this afternoon. It's the uh, subscriber trade proposals. So I just sifted through about 100 uh, trade proposals from the readers, and I had a scout check him out and offer up uh, his opinion. And guys, uh, we had a little bit of everything. We had the Claude Giroux three-team trade between the Blues, Philly, and Seattle. I think the Blues were giving up about six roster players, couple prospects, Jesus. the towel man, and some hot dogs in that one. Well, so, not the uh, towel man. <laughs> <laughs> JR, the real question is, did, was, was there a question about Jamie Alexiak anywhere in there? Oh, there was. Yes. Uh, that probably came from you. Did you send no, that in? No, it didn't. But I, at least yeah. somebody's listening and loves my guy. Yeah, did that one did work? not make it into the story, though. No, thanks, no, a, uh, thanks a lot, JR. <laughs> no, but uh, we do cover a lot of players, a lot of ground, so that should be up uh, probably in, within a couple hours. JR, what I'm also really curious about, and not so much hockey, but you did a great job on the fast lane yesterday. Can you break down the Cardinals signings of the pitchers over these last couple of days? <laughs> no, but you know what? See, that's why that job you guys have is so hard because, you know, being a hockey guy, you know, I haven't heard of those uh, pitchers. And so, uh, you Neither know, you, we, JR. <laughs> yeah, you, you read and you do your best, right? But um, a couple of the text comments that came in yesterday during that segment were saying that they felt like uh, at least one of those pitchers was underrated and a lot uh, more cost effective than some of those uh, higher price guys. So, you know, let's see if it works I'd out. I'd argue Cy Young worthy, JR. <laughs> we'll see. It just seems like. Uh, it seems like they always, uh, you know, underwhelm, I think, the Cardinals with some of these signings. Some of them work out, some of them don't. But uh, at least we got to break up the, the NHL trade deadline talk for a little bit yesterday. Okay, well, we're not going to do that for you right here, JR. Uh, we're we're going to go right back to the trade deadline discussion. Uh, what do you think is the lane that the Blues are shopping in right now? Like, are, are they going to uh, Gucci? Are, are they going with a knockoff brand? What are we going with here, JR? Well, I think these next, uh, you know, 24 hours, 36 hours are going to help decide that. Uh, ben Schrott, Montreal, will be held out of tonight's game. And uh, Pierre Lebrun at The Athletic has reported that the talks for Sherratt have elevated. Do the Blues think they're in or out of those talks? I know fans have a very, very, uh, very opinionated on whether the Blues uh, should be after Sherratt. <laughs> 
Um, but, uh, you know, it depends on what some of those top guys are going to cost. And, you know, I reported a week or so ago, I felt like the blues had walked away from the Giordano talks. We'll see, you know, you can always pick up the phone and circle back on something like that. Uh, but if it's not going to be one of those guys, the Lindholms, the Sherratt's, the uh, Giordano's, it's going to be one of those second tier guys. And I don't think that's necessarily a, a bad thing, uh, because I think you can bring in a defenseman to help this group. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you're not giving up that first round pick that I think is going to be vital. Now, listen, in the past couple of weeks, I've said that they need to go after one of those big guys. And I think it's going to be, uh, it's been evident the past uh, couple of weeks away, the blues been playing that they need help with Colton Pareko in that top pair, you know, we'll see, but you know, you look at these prices that are being talked about and, and I don't know that the blues should be involved in some of those. So, so we'll see. I, I still think they can improve themselves as long as they get the, uh, a quality defenseman. Jared, the one that I, I kind of got excited about when you mentioned him, and I mentioned a teammate of his, but not him specifically, is Ivan Provorov. How likely do you think, because you mentioned in your article that you've heard that the Blues have been linked to Provorov, and I brought up Travis Sanheim. Are one of those two players realistic op- options for the Blues? Yeah, so much smoke between the Blues and Philadelphia. There really has been with NHL scouts uh, watching both teams, uh, also at the American Hockey League level. And you look at that Philadelphia roster, and I think BK's brought it up that you know they haven't had a lot of success. But gosh, it seems like every Everyone player that's uh, being being talked about has uh, is, plays on the Flyers roster. So um, you know whether it be Sandheim, you know whether it be Provorov. Uh, I did uh, hear from a source in Philadelphia who said the Blues and the Flyers have talked about Provorov, and there is some uh, interest there. But you look at that contract; he's got three more years, and I think it's close to to six million. So that's a pretty big commitment if you're talking about that. You certainly have have to have some money going back the other way. Uh, but you know you have the the Ryan Graves, uh, you have the the Middletons in San Jose, a lot of second tier guys that I think uh, could be had. Uh, but, you know, I also talked to somebody the other day that said the price on some of these guys has been high just because teams are balking at those top-tier guys. So I guess here's my question, JR, is like if the prices are really high for the rentals and the Blues, it's not as if this issue goes away from for them next year. Like as much as I like Nico Mikola, there's no guarantees that he's going to be a top-four defenseman in 2023 either. Are you just that much more likely then to go out there and acquire one of these guys that we've been talking about that does have at least one more year of term under control? So that way, hey, I, I, I'm paying a high price, but at least I'm fixing this issue for not just here and now, but also for 2023 as well. Yeah, and I, I mentioned the other day that Doug Armstrong, he likes guys with term. He doesn't want to give up a, a key asset for a guy who's uh, a rental, uh, but I, they do need help this year. They do. And, and you know, Nico, Mikola, I like him. I like his future. Uh, I don't know that he's the answer this year. You can't let these guys get another year older, these forwards and these guys with the long-term contracts without helping a team this year that can be a contender. Uh, but you look at this offseason, and I think that's why, if you're Doug Armstrong, you say to yourself, okay, well, I don't need to give up uh, the farm and necessarily uh, get a guy who's got a lot of term in this case because if I can just get a guy who can come in and help me this year and help this team be a contender, I can figure out the cap and figure out the roster in the offseason. There might be some movement with uh, guys like Vladimir Tarasenko, David Perron. Even though you don't get a guy with term at this trade deadline, let's say, I think you can go out and find one of those guys in the off season. So to me, you might have to patch it for a year 
and then just kind of hit reset uh, next summer. Jer, we've talked about the fourth line. I know you've mentioned it. Chris Kerber has mentioned it. Are we starting to see the Blues possibly move away from looking for a fourth line addition now that we've seen Alexi Toropchenko and Craig Berube has talked about how great they were the last few games? Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I mentioned that about a week ago. I said the Blues are, are definitely looking for a fourth-line forward, an energy guy, PK guy, and we've put out a, a list of veteran grinder-type names uh, within the last week or so. I think the Blues have been involved in you know, talks like that. Uh, but then you, you bring up Torpchenko, and he looks great, and oh my goodness, has, can Craig Berube uh, rave about Torpchenko anymore? <laughs> it's, uh, it sounds like it's when he was talking about Jake Neighbors early in the season, or when JR. he's talked about it Ivan Barbashev or Sundquist in the past. Yeah, so I don't want to hear any more like I did the first couple of years for Craig Bruby about how he doesn't like the younger players. <laughs> He's gushing about these guys. Uh, so with Torpchenko, it's justified the guy is uh, what six foot five and can fly. He's getting in on the forecheck. He's doing everything he can. But the question is, has the small sample size been enough to tell Doug Armstrong and the management staff that uh, hey, we're going to be fine on the fourth line? You know, I, Jamie and I talked about it yesterday, and, and he thought that maybe it had uh, that that maybe he gives you that element. So. I, I don't know. I don't know that, uh, you know, if they can get, find a fourth line guy uh, who can come in and he's a veteran type guy that you can count on. I don't know that uh, you don't make that deal. So we'll see. Torpchenko, though, has a great future, regardless of how you look at uh, this year's trade deadline and that uh, position. JR, I did want to ask you, as we're kind of, we have a little bit of time here to reset on everything because there is a few days between these games. We talked earlier today about David Perron's future and whether or not what he's done over his last 10, 15 games has been enough to kind of revisit those conversations about that contract extension. He has nine goals, five assists. He's a plus seven in his last 13. Where, where do you stand on this right now? What do you think David's future, David Perron's future holds here in St. Louis? Well, see, if this was a uh, 30, 31-year-old player who was probably going to be looking for four, five, six million dollars next season, I think that it would be a, a bigger issue. Is the David Perron era in St. Louis over? But you're talking about a guy, 33, 34, who realizes that he's probably middle six, probably even a, a third-line guy, and a guy who understands that he's not going to make even the four million that he's making this year if he does come back to the St. Louis Blues. So, to me, you know, I think this is a big topic because it's a big name. It's David Perron, but the writing is on the wall in terms of who's taken over this team. It's the Jordan Kyrus, it's the Robert Thomases. Uh, you know, Craig Bruby has pushed David Perron at times down to that third line. And look, he, he's responded. He's dealt with the groin injury early on in the season, uh, and he's had some other things. And now he comes back, and you see the way he's playing. I mean, the shot looks as, as good as ever. So to me, you know, I don't think this is like priority number one or two, but I think that this is potentially a deal that could get done this summer. You know, maybe it's two years, maybe it's two, 2.5. Uh, with the cap concerns you have for the Blues, you get a really good player at a reasonable price. I think it could work out for both sides. You mentioned Robert Thomas. We'll get you out of here on this. We're talking to Blues insider Jeremy Rutherford here on 101 ESPN. Find his work over at The Athletic. Robert Thomas now is on pace for 17 goals and 51 assists in 71 games this year, JR. The last Blues player to do that, 15-plus goals and at least 50 assists in a single season, Demetra and Waite, both of whom did it in 2003. What are we watching right now with Robert Thomas in your mind, JR? Yeah, I think this is a guy who could be a superstar. And those goal totals, which puts him into that statistic that you just mentioned, are bolstered by having back-to-back two goal games. So he's got four in his last two games. He's out right now with the stomach bug. Uh, but uh, this is a guy who who has it. 
uh, from both standpoints, I think uh, he can score and he can definitely pass. He's an elite level passer, but he has to come to realize that, you know, good things happen when you shoot the puck and he's doing that. He's got seven shots combined his last two games. I think the six games before that he had just three shots on goal. Hmm. So, you know, are we, are we seeing a turn with that? You never know. You like to say that uh, he's realizing it, and then a couple weeks from now, you know, he goes three games without a shot on goal. So we'll see. But to me, what we've seen here lately is just, uh, you know, elite level superstar talent. And and I'll go back to that goal that he scored on the pass from Jordan Cairo against Nashville. Go back and look at the replay. Uh, replays are everywhere. You know, fans can take a look at it. He's driving the net, and Cairo's coming down the wall. And Robert Thomas, as he gets closer to the net, instead of waiting for the shot and the rebound. He turns his skate, and he turns himself into a goal scorer. He knows Kyra's going to feed it to him, and he buries it. It was just uh, one of the better goals I've seen in a couple of years. And, you know, coming from those two, it's no surprise. But that tells me what kind of player Robert Thomas can be when he's involved in plays like that. Just elite. JR, I'd argue that it looked like uh, shades of Brett Hall and Adam Oates in that play together. <laughs> the, the one that won't die, huh? No, it will never die. It will never die, JR. You live with it. He said it, and JR's the nicest human being I've ever met. JR, we appreciate the time, <laughs> man. JR, thanks so much. All right, thanks, boys.